Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And this, we came back. This is us. We're here. <laughs> We're not sure we have much to say. I think both of us have a lot of dishes at our house. Oh my word. So many dishes. We're Rachel. not sure if we should be meeting in the morning to talk about other things. I, when what we have is endless acres of dishes. You have dishes from Sabbath dinner, right? Yeah. This is Monday morning, guys. Rachel had... Saturday night. She had a big Saturday night do at her house with many and a dish. And the reason there's still dishes is that we didn't do them last night. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. sometimes either do them Saturday night, but we were all so tired we couldn't see straight. Well, I'll tell you what I have is um, last Thursday. Are you with me? Today is Monday. This was last <laughs> Thursday. We had... We're guys, we need to know that this part of the year here is like... The really fast part of a toboggan run. Oh, so, so that's much. what we've been doing. It's the part of a toboggan run that's just a free fall. Yeah. And when we... I wake up in the morning, my hair is blowing straight back already <laughs> from what I have on my to-do list. I wake up, I am so creaky and achy. Like, yeah. it's just like, oh my word. But anyway, so on Thursday, we do, um, at the end of the summer, we do a dinner party at our house for all of the New St. Andrews faculty and their wives. And so it's, you know, like several courses and things. And so that's a lot of dishes. But what is still remaining from that extravaganza is all of the crystal wine glasses. 72 Mm. wine glasses that have to be hand washed and then packed back up. And so they're still sitting there because I have done millions and millions and millions of all of the other things. But um, when you do several courses, of course, then it, it rounds up. The number mm-hmm. of dishes you have then but we've gotten through all of that but the problem was the very next day so that was that was Thursday and then you know I think everybody finally left it was maybe like 11 30 we did not do the dishes that night and then the next day was the convocation reception for New St. Andrews which right. I was Involved in putting the reception together, so that was a lot of other shenanigans to be done. Meanwhile, doing. I'd like to just throw in Friday morning, so Lena had volleyball practice early, six o'clock, and then this is when your kids are basically adults, you know, like when mm-hmm. they have a lot of work mm-hmm. and responsibilities. And so she had volleyball practice, comes home, and then she was baking. I the, hired her uh, yeah, to do so a bunch of baking. she was baking all the puff pastries for this convocation reception. Yep. But this was a day that was like a hundred and something degrees so here. Hot. And we are in a house that does not no. have AC. But we did have two ovens at 400 degrees mm-hmm. for hours. I with had, puff yes. pastries in and out of the oven all day. So uh-huh. for most of the day, starting in the morning, we our house was 96 inside. Oh, man. All day. We were at, like, 96 degrees. Well, because on Thursday, it was, like, 105 out. And, Uh yes, I had all four of my ovens going real hot in there. And then the next day, though, I'd hired Lena to do that, and somebody else was doing the cream filling and everything. But I was still trying to master, you know, mind this whole thing and get it all together. So, really hot. Then Saturday, all I did was lug things around and clean up from two major parties and I'm almost there but I still have 72 wine glasses left. My main task. But soup night is tomorrow. Oh yeah good. My first soup night and then on Friday I have to do the all school back to school picnic that I am 
in charge of. So this, this is, is this the is what I meant fall. about the toboggan yeah. run. Yeah. What we did was then Lena did the puff pastries and they worked at the event. So she got home at like 10 or something. Yeah. But then she was selling stuff at farmer's market the next morning. So she stayed up until like one working on the stuff that she was going to finish. I was helping her with that. Then we had to get up to be out the door with all the stuff for farmer's market by like seven. Luke had an all day board meeting. So oh, I had all the kids and people selling things at farmer's market. So I was, and for some reason throughout all of this, and I could, there's no way I could trace what I was doing. I had to go to like five different grocery stores at least oh, three times no. to each one. I'm not sure yeah. why or what yeah. that was for. It was probably like, we need lunch. I'll grab something. Then yeah. we still needed to make dinner. But then we had the um, Sabbath that night. So after we got back from the <laughs> farmer's market, then we blasted off trying to figure <laughs> out what we were doing about Sabbath. So what ended up happening was a long trail of not quite on it, followed oh, by going up to the lake right after the early service <laughs> yesterday to for Nate's 40th birthday. Yeah. So then we got home really late last night, yeah. which I also did not come home and do all the dishes again. So basically what we have just given everyone, it's a big long set of excuses. Excuses, excuses yeah. for the dishes that haunt us. Yeah. But I'm going to handle them today. I'm handling mine yeah. today, too. And we're going to handle this situation. Amazing. We're going to be so ready. I'm going to handle it, and, and then I'm going to try to get soup night together and shop for my week for my family. And our foundation is being poured today. Oh, that's huge. So that's exciting. That's real. That's big. a good time. We should take a picture of that. Um, yeah, we should. Keep everyone updated yeah, on your I'm progress. I'm very excited about this. I keep walking through the house in my mind, yeah. trying to think through... All the many issues that yeah, are presenting themselves daily. Well, that's like, very fun. what are we going to do about this? Yeah. And you're just hoping that you land on your feet because you really can't be that strategic. <laughs> like, you try, but it's so imaginary that you can't. Yeah. It's hard to be that it's strategic. True. Yeah, so. It's true. I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, I'm having all the freshmen to dinner tomorrow, which means I'm going to cook soup for about 60 people, including like my own children it puts it at 60 but um it's hot still I mean it feels like fall is coming but like a soup, last our this heat is what I'm broke. struggling it with did break. yeah it, it broke but like do you want to eat soup in August not really but I don't know one time I'm I made, not gonna make gazpacho so don't even one time I made like a it. summer minestrone <laughs> or there are some like cold curried soups that's different. Yeah, but you got to remember these are 18-year-olds. You can't not spring things out at them that are like cold curry soups. You've got to keep it more mainline. <laughs> huh. I think my kids would go for that. Your kids are not average. 18. They're not 18, so... They're not average eaters. Oh, yeah. Rich. I like to think they're exceptional, too. Um... Yeah. Anyways, well, this is neither here nor there. We need to be more. You could just make mac and cheese broadly applicable of, right now. Just make mac and cheese. Yeah, that's true. We're, We're kind of honing in on our own like, troubles. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hone in on the troubles of more people than just us. Yeah. So we keep getting. We've been getting a lot of questions. We need to set up. Becca and I were just laughing that I see them when they're in a notification but then they get lost and I don't because, know because sometimes I get them in like a private message in yeah. Instagram sometimes I get them in 
Facebook messages. Sometimes they're just a comment on the page. But neither of us are such master and commanders of the social media <laughs> that we actually are keeping track of these things. No. So if I said to you, great question, we'll try to talk about that. And then we never do. We're I'm not sorry. trying to slight you. We just are forgetting. What we need is a secretary. But good luck to us. What we real need is a dishwasher. We need someone to come do our dishwashing and laundry. Yeah, um, but but one question we do know that we should talk about was that I th- last week as we were flying high discussing the petty, grievous spirits that come upon us all, right? And we, we were, were laughing, and about we were it. laughing a lot about it. But then I said, just as a qualification, that like you know the way that we why we think this is funny is because we know it well from having both of us misbehaved ourselves in such ways Mm -hmm. in our past. Mm -hmm. So we are laughing at our own sinful foibles that have happened to us. And yes, we are including all of you and laughing at that too if you've done it. We're laughing at the whole concept. Indeed. And and I have a two-year-old knocking on my car door. So everyone hold that thought. What you need, bud? I think this is Moses, everyone, just by yeah, way of an update. One. Go ahead. Moses wants to eat a nectarine, I think. Okay. Yeah. I said he could. All right. Good Good news. So um, he may do that. But see, I think that this, this goes back to something um, that I think we also laugh at, which is not sins, but we were talking about blooper videos last year last week and and we were saying like the ones that really look like somebody actually got very badly hurt aren't funny those aren't funny but when somebody does a big hilarious flaily splat that is that is funny and yeah because it is when you go flying off the back of the treadmill that is funny and and um but especially the one like that one i think she's a russian lady or something i don't know who's like doing a dance tutorial Oh, and, in her own bedroom. And, and it's just terrible. Like, just a terrible, very <laughs> self-serious dance tutorial. And then she does this surprise kick. Kicks <laughs> kicks the light fixture. And then goes staggering off the side. But then comes back by the other direction. So she goes out of the screen and then comes whizzing back through holding on. <laughs> holding the curtains. That she... And she apparently ripped off the wall in her staggering and then just wipes out on the floor. And and this is the thing. The fact that it started out that it started out with self-serious dancing and ended in ripping the curtains off the wall. Rebecca snorted. It was that bad. It was that bad. But I think she kind of cleans the desk off with the curtains. (laughs) Anyways, the thing is, is that at the end result, we gotta find that one to post. At the end result, what is hurt was her pride (laughs) and the curtains. But it wasn't like, oh my word, this is so funny. Somebody spilled gasoline all over and blew themselves up. Yeah, That's no, not funny. No. So if someone no. like murdered someone but, or had an affair, it's not that we think, oh man, confess it. And then it's hilarious. No, but, the, but here's the thing though. But we were doing the equivalent of sharing the footage of how we feel about ourselves when we do when, that. Um, 
But when it's just not sin, <laughs> Becca, Becca has tears. <laughs> tears. It it really gets me that one. But anyway, um, when it's not a sin, it's just an actual stagger trip. Right. This is something that I think is essential to being a good human. Yeah. Is that you be able to laugh at yourself when oh, yeah. you do the this thing. This is what Luke says to our kids all the time. He was like, sometimes you laugh at the joke, sometimes you are the joke. Yes. And he was like, it's an art form in life to laugh at yourself when you are the joke. But when one you time, did it. Let me just say, one time I was at a some kind of a group gathering. This was like 25 years ago. I was in high school or college. And we're in a group and it was just a sort of stand-up party of people eating an hors d'oeuvre here and there in the room. Right. And a much older man, like middle-aged, old enough to be my dad, you know, did some kind of a awkward trip thing. And I don't know what he tripped on, like the table, like he backed up and did, like bumped into something, the table without noticing happened. or something. And so he did a big... There was some kind of a glitch. Yeah, a glitch. <laughs> and he did a stagger. And I think he ended up like kind of down on one knee. <laughs> right? But it was not an injury. It was not. It was like... It was an injury to pride, but nothing more than that. And yet... He, he he ran that thing like it was a major sports injury that had occurred. It was like, it was drama llama. And, and so it was like grasping his knee, breathing through it. Lots of, lots of injury, injury, injury had happened. And it so wasn't that. Yeah. That it was like, first off, suck it up and don't be a pansy. And secondly... <laughs> Be able to laugh at the fact that something silly just happened to you. And that is something that I think is a really big deal. And 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 lots of times it's, it's through your own weird trip, your own bumping into the door that you didn't see. Right. Whatever it is, like just be able to laugh at it. And so, but again, no, if somebody yeah, fell from a great height and no, you're not sure if they're alive, like we think it's don't all laugh funny. at that. And so the sin equivalent is like there are things to laugh at when you make a mistake. Sin is not ever worth laughing at until you have confessed it. When yep. you have confessed it and it's dealt with, it's funny. Then it's not funny when you spiritually wipe out and don't confess it. No. The, what makes it funny is when you have dealt with it correctly. Well, it might be funny to see someone you know when someone gets a fever pitch. I've read <laughs> I've I have referenced before in the podcast the time where my own heart was in such a state that I almost told my children that they would not be allowed to have curtains again. <laughs> curtains being a theme of today. Yeah. It was something about where the bunk bed was and I said you can't touch the curtains or yeah. the curtain rod because they were up there where they could have touched the curtain rod. Mm-hmm. And lo, they touched the curtain rod and they did <laughs> bend the curtain rod and <laughs> knock them all onto the floor, right? So like something happened. Yeah. And when I saw it, my heart full of wrath that would not produce the righteousness of God, you know, mm-hmm. full of whatever, was just ready to tell them all, you will not be allowed to have curtains ever again. <laughs> and like, yeah, there's something really hilarious in totally losing perspective right. on all right. of life yeah. because of someone offending you at such a moderate 
degree. Yes. So yeah, it's funny, but it's not funny to me. And I it, should not have thought it was funny no. until I was willing to see it was fo- the foolishness of yes. sin that needed to be confessed. And, and at that point, it is like a spiritual fail video. Yes, it's like, and it's okay if you're laughing and make fun yeah. of yourself because you actually been, dealt with it. It would have been very wrong to laugh at it in the middle of it because actually in the middle of it, it is quite a bad, bad thing. Oh, real and, bad. And I need to clarify that I didn't tell them they couldn't have curtains because I had an internal radar going that said don't be an ass Rachel (laughs) get a grip get a grip with the wee children that messed up their curtain rod that I think is important and that is like when do you laugh at it not in the middle you can laugh at it when you put it back together again but the other thing is um, I do think one of the keys of successful parenting is when your kids are little and their sin is funny, do not laugh at it to them because it actually will destroy their soul. And, you know, you want... it Well, teach them to laugh at their you, own sin. You're talking but, about, like, if they threw a temper tantrum in your life. And you're like, ha, 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 ha. They no, funny. you take it seriously. You take it seriously. Although I would say we still joke out. about it with our kids after the fact. After but, everything's been dealt with where we would say... But sometimes that's a tool that yes. you're teaching you know, them to we would, take it we, seriously. Yeah, and, but we're teaching them to... No, we're teaching them to not honor their own bad attitudes. Yes, but what I'm talking about is the kind of parent who laughs Blows at it all off all no, the time. Yeah. Laughs at disobedience in their kids. Ha ha, it's so funny. Aren't they cute? And when it's actually genuinely bad stuff that their kid is doing. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly later, it's not cute anymore. It's not and funny, it's not funny all anymore. All there is to, yeah. And. And then the parents don't know what to do with it then. And so then they're being all angry parenting at that point. But it's like, no, you actually have to weed out the sin. And then you can laugh at it. Like, there were lots of times our kids would do hilarious, hilarious oh things. Oh, my word. Yeah, because it's but those little fat faces. Yeah, being, being like, pure mm-hmm. evil. Like, yeah. pure evil. And it, and it is genuinely funny. But in the moment that you're actually trying to discipline them or whatever, like, you, you have to take it seriously enough to get rid of the sin. And then later you can laugh about it. Yes. Laugh about it to your husband. I think the laughing about it is part of the reason laughing about it is key. Is that some of the time when you are tempted to be so irrational. Yeah. It is almost universally a spirit of epic accusation that is coming <laughs> over you. You know what I mean? Like, so, so say you're feeling emotional. Well, what you're ready to do is lay into your husband about how insensitive he is and how he doesn't understand or think to yeah. appreciate you. And, and that spirit of accusation needs to be turned into a spirit of taking responsibility, yeah. right? Yeah. So like this, this spirit of wanting to blame the world for how you feel today that needs to be taken. That needs to and be withdrawn when and corrected. When you're in an emotional basket case, uh, you really are in a kind of hall of mirrors where everything is distorted. You do not see clearly. And so that's why often that's, it can be funny. After you get your heart right, you pull out of it. And then you're like, oh, my word. Look what I was doing. <laughs> like, I thought that that giant extended huge thing was a monster attacking me it turns out it yeah was, oh you know. you know what that was that was yeah. a piece and of then, a dust bunny right and that then it can nothing. be funny like yeah it, it can and be i funny. think that thinking it's funny is part of it is just having confidence in christ right that like we're not taking ourselves so seriously because there's no works righteousness 
that was it wasn't our good job at keeping our attitude right that got us saved. No. So our bad job at not keeping our attitude right just emphasizes how glad we are that we're not the boss. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. it's okay for us. And you're not trying to pay off your sin with emotional penance. No. It's been paid. And it's like, it's something that you need to just handle. Um, you need to deal with it. Like, okay, I had a finky bad attitude today. Right. And there's no reason to try to hide it from everyone because... They a, all saw it happen. And they saw it happen. They know full well you had a finky bad attitude today. Even if you thought you kept it within, we all know the death eye. The look, <laughs> the look of evil and malice that yeah. is within. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know when someone is not walking with the Lord no. and living in joy. No. You can sense it a mile away. So yes. they all know. And so it's, I think in general, talking about it is a way of using your own stumbling for the edification of the saints around you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, using the fact it's like, you know what? That was petty. It was dumb. I confessed it. Wasn't that stupid of me? And it's kind of like a little fable. You know, like the little fables that are there to teach us all a lesson. Yeah, let me have... I just it's walked like, out I for just, you. I just that. became a comic fable. So, yeah. be able to laugh at yourself. Uh-huh. And, and um, I would also say, laughing at the sins of others... Can be much less effective. <laughs> I have I have a child who is Usually, less amused. Yeah. Less amused. But I'm always like, I see it. I see it in your eye. You want to laugh, but you're taking yourself too seriously right now. Like, yep. I need to see you. But you need shake to... Shake it off and recognize that this is dorky. <laughs> this is a dork fest time. And, uh, it is funny because teaching your kids to be able to laugh at themselves is like... You tripped, you splatted, you jump back up, and then you can laugh at your own silly behavior and then move on. But if you didn't jump up, if you were still wallowing on the ground complaining of your hurt ankle... Then it's not okay. No. No, then there's nothing funny going on here. You're just spiraling out of control. No. And so I think that we do tend to try to treat small uh, spiritual trips and splats in the same way that we want our kids to treat physical trips Yeah, and, and our splats. kids say, our kids, I, this is one of those things where when you're trying to explain how you do it, it's always, feel. I feel like we're always trying to correct what yeah. we just said because yeah. there are ditches on both sides of the yeah. road. So it's not like we're universally making fun of no. our emotions for our whatever, but we do want our kids to deal with their Christian walk joyfully. Like, to, like, we're all going to have a million attitude problems in our life. And, Uh and we want to joyfully submit them to Christ. Like, joyfully be like, I'm a failure, but he's not. Let's, you know, like, be joyfully coping. Yeah. And then, and it's just something that is like, we want them to name the sin what God names it. But we also don't take it all so seriously all the time. If that makes but sense, this is the two sides of the road because... But here's the thing. I think that being able to laugh at it is one of the ways that you actually do take it very seriously. Yeah, but I think what I'm saying is that my kids actually, sometimes they do apologize for like, sorry for being such a dork muffin about this or whatever. Sure. Like that, and on the one hand, I say, yeah, it's absolutely important to use biblical language and acknowledging what the sin was, you know, like maybe I was being selfish or I was being whatever. And we do that. But I also love and encourage them 
to deal with their but, sin in a not self-important but way. But what I mean is they have to deal with the sin. And that's what we mean about taking it seriously. Right. You, After it's dealt with. And one of the ways in which you're training your children to to actually take it seriously is to see that what you just did was really, really stupid and ludicrous. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? And so, and there is no excuse if you had a headache or you were tired, it doesn't make anything better. You know what I mean? Like, and so sometimes I think moms tend to be soft on themselves when they know that there is some reason, you know, I didn't get enough sleep or I didn't, yeah. whatever. So they're soft for themselves. So then they have to extend that softness yeah. to their children. And then pretty soon you have a whole family of people keeping little lists in their pocket of all the reasons they didn't need to act all like a Christian today. Right? Like, to, you know, like maybe they have dishes they haven't done yet. Possibly. Or maybe their house was 96 degrees all day. <laughs> you're yeah. like, you're like, here's my little list of things that make it impossible for me to be a kind human. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because of that, I'm not going to even try. And it's it's always good there to think. I wonder if, I wonder if the authors of the New Testament knew anything about difficult. I doubt try, it. I doubt they had. I doubt they had anything. Difficult. When they sat there in the prison cell, penning this epistle. I know, right? I wonder if they had factored into it not enough sleep and a dirty floor. Oh, I doubt I it. I wonder if they no think coffee. Of, think of John Bunyan in that. prison writing about like the slew of despond like do you think he had any inside insight there any inside scoop on that or like vanity (laughs) fair like the the enticements to do you know it just yeah i know this is a christian life is that we have obstacles and that christ has overcome yeah and so basically that sort of seeing it in perspective being able to zoom out and think ah all of my excuses there hmm I wonder if those amounted to much mm. in the grand scheme pretty of sure, things. Pretty sure the Lord did not say, rejoice in the Lord always, unless you're out of coffee today <laughs> and the kids are bickering, <laughs> at which time the best move would be to become a self-indulgent monster. And <laughs> otherwise, just rejoice in the Lord when things are going well. Rejoice in the Lord when When everything's shines, come together for but you. But not too hot. Yeah. I remember as a child, however old I was when we lived on Harrison, I wasn't that old. But I, I, this is like something that made a deep impression on me. I lived in one room upstairs. It was like a little room and it had an eastern window so the sun would shine there. And at that phase, I, my room was clean and I was reading my Bible every day like I was feeling real solid and mm-hmm. about everything. And then um, decided to switch rooms to a different room. And I think I, I suffered from attitudinal problems <laughs> while I lived in that room. And it probably, it had nothing to do with the room. You know what I mean? Like, but that, but it was a feeling that you needed to get back to the old room where the light was shining and the, and the Bible was being read where things were good in that other room. And so it was like this weird feeling that the situation was causing the sin, which is what many (laughs) women do when they're like, find themselves being testy and bad when they have little kids. No, but you don't understand. I'm having a hormonal. I used to be a nice person before this bedroom situation came along. Before the hormones hit me. Yeah, before that happened or before this. And it's like, no, you really, this is not a situation. Can I just speak a word about the hormonal issue right there? We don't believe in hormones. (sighs) They are a trick. No. Fake news. They're... (laughs) 
Just like headaches. Just Those like are also fake, fake news. news. This is stuff that doesn't is, really happen. I feel like when, you, when we talk about we are supposed to wrestle against the world, the flesh, and the devil. We've got a whole category. I think hormones can right be both there. the flesh and the, the devil. The flesh and the devil. <laughs> but it, either way, you're not allowed to just give up your spirituality. You're not allowed to lose to them. No. That's the problem. No. Yeah, they can't lose And I'm there. sorry, but and how are we supposed to wrestle say, against principalities and powers if you can't even get a handle on your own hormone? If PMS can take you down, <laughs> you're never going to get up and get anything done. I think that, that is the... Uh, that is a thing when, as your girls growing girls up. That is an important thing to not let them be overly special about. No, like, no, it's like guess what? You have a human condition. You have a body, and it mm-hmm. comes with some. Sometimes you're sick to your stomach. <laughs> sometimes you're being hormonal. Sometimes your head hurts. Sometimes you have a nasty sore throat. It doesn't matter. Deal with your body. Yeah. Get when, over it. From within it. Be from obedient. Within, be obedient. Steer that ship. Okay, what was the other thing that we said we meant to talk about? Well, oh, I know anger. what it was. Anger was it? We could have segued right into that probably. Without me even stopping to bring it up that we need an attention idea. To I'm, it, I'm calling attention now. Yeah, but the thing is, is this is actually my husband was doing a sermon last week on the sin of anger. And he pointed something out that I thought was so applicable, particularly to mothers. Um, well, parents in general, but we're talking to mothers. Can you open your Bible or, app? Because I need to find or it. Or humankind. Humankind, general. but parents, parents especially. Can you just find It's like Proverbs 22, I think. All right. I shall find it find for it. you. Find it. Find it for me. Um, but he was talking about anger. And um, the various ways that we fall into it and then try and excuse it and blame it on everybody else. That's the thing. It always seems like it's... Yeah. So here's the verse that we are looking for. Um, Make no friendship with an angry man. Oh, you have a text. Your kids are hungry. Uh, Make no friendship... I can't believe it. That never happens. (laughs) With an angry man and with a furious man thou shalt not go... Lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. And now you're getting a phone call. You're just happening so stuff. important today. But make no, friends with an, make no friendship with an angry man. And lest you become like him. Lest he rub yeah. off on you and you become like him. And if you think about that, like think about your children. If you are an angry mother. Yeah. Like how are they supposed to obey God in that? Like, stay away from... Like, don't even go with an angry person. Because yeah, it's going to rub off on like you. because them and you think, and, how much like that is your, your children. Yeah, and in the NIV, it says, I think, um, don't go with one who is easily angered or something. Like, don't even spend time there. You can drink that. It's brand new. Is it? It is brand new. I found, I found, she a, found water a water bottle. bottle. Um, so, as far as, like, being the kind of mom... Who's supposed to be raising godly children? Well, the don't classic, be causing bring them, them up in the way they should go. Yes. Well, he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you think, well, this is the that verse is kind of the opposite. Like, yeah, like they won't depart from it if you're bringing them up in the wrong way right. too. And if like, are you making your children always every day be living with someone who is easily angered? Because may, yes, how are they supposed to obey that proverb? 
if they are lo- stuck in the if house it's you, all day. I think the thing is you should obey the proverb and not make friends with your own angry self because <laughs> your angry self is the enemy. You know, like like you yeah. being angry or you being huffy or always quick-tempered and hot. I've also, Something that's interesting that I've noticed is people who are quick-tempered often think of it as a pretty great yeah, thing they do. Yeah, a real do. virtue. Like, they're like, oh, I'm just the kind of person who just will not put up with yeah. whatever. Well, I just say what I think. I just say what I think because people need to hear that yeah. I'm just, and you're, or they, yeah. in retrospect, they soft, soften the edges and think of it as being just a sign of their diligence. Or yeah, something. but the other thing um, Ben was pointing out in his sermon is that we always feel like it's a tool. Our anger is a tool that will bring about righteousness. If only my children see my angry face and they understand how upset this made me, then it will make them understand what a serious infraction it is. So basically, like, we think of it as a way to show them their own sin. Yeah. Whereas you're actually... It shows them yours. Your sin. Yes, indeed. You feel like you're shining the spotlight on the wickedness, but... It's kind of not quite that. Um, no, definitely not that. But we do feel like it's a tool. Like, I'm going to get out my angry face now, and then you will understand. <laughs> kind of like if you're... you're... And that's where you've got to remember that verse. The this wrath of man does not a, produce, produce the righteousness of God. Of God. It's this not is, the right tool for that. This is the hugest bad metaphor, and yet it's still amusing me, so I'm going to share it. But okay. it's like if your kid spills some milk at the table. And you were like, what? What kind of a mess have you made? It's like you're getting out your own lunch bag and unzipping it to show them a bunch of moldy sandwiches and stuff. It is completely unrelated. It's like your sin over that is not at all highlighting their their trouble. Do you know what I mean? Like it is unaffiliated. And it's like... It's yeah. not, you're in no way shining the spotlight no. upon it. But it's like, we always feel like if we can just contort our face into a real stern oh, look. don't you know. <laughs> then they'll see. And they will understand and they will be better in future. And it's, it's got like, a really. Mm, that's not going to produce the righteousness no, of God. No, it's just a real tangle. Because whenever we're not obedient, whenever we use human wisdom instead of what God has told us to do. We do not get the results we think we will be getting. But I would also say, um, you know how when people are trying to, I don't know, I feel like, you know, they get into reading productivity books and stuff like that. Don't people, you can tell that I really, I really have delved into this world. Um, I feel like, don't they say like, write down everything that you do in like 15 minute increments for the entire day like take a survey I feel like I've heard this I've not read these books but you know what I mean like actually assess what time you you are spending in the day write it all down Uh uh-huh well I wonder if there's a version of that where you could just mentally go over all of your conversation from the day and how many of those things are actually synonyms of angry where you're saying, uh, like, well, I was so upset about blah. I was so frustrated was when really I frustrating. heard. It was really annoying when, like, how many times do you use that? Especially when it comes down to being focused at um, people that you don't really know on social media and things. like, Or news stories. I was so angry about blah. This is the most, you know horrible annoying situation over here Uh I couldn't even believe that woman what she said over there and 
And the thing is, sometimes it doesn't even have to be directed at your children for them to still be always around an angry person. Somebody right. who's easily angered well, at the world. that's something we've said this before, but, you know, Scripture even says, even if it's a righteous anger, and there is a righteous anger, yeah. even in that context, you should not let the sun go down on it. Like, no. And that means that there is no Christian activism that is anger-based no. that is honoring God. No, absolutely not. You know, like, I like... It doesn't exist. It well, it exists that people think they're that's what they're doing, but they're not doing it. You know, like it is not glorifying God to have but his often, people anger fueling. Yeah, and something. I think people do think that that is the fuel that social change needs to run on. Yeah, anger. like if we're not angry, this yeah. is why I've, I've said. I mean, we've probably talked about this before, but oftentimes people think you're belittling the problem when you say gratitude is the yeah. like when they say you know like oh I had a horrible birth experience and I would say you need to be thankful like you mm-hmm. need to be full mm-hmm. of gratitude for this situation yeah. and they assume that that is you saying there were no problems right and there is nothing that could be improved here at all like right. and, and it, it doesn't mean that but that's not the point it's that gratitude is a means to improving things more than right. anger is. it's like saying what if you were to stop filling up the gas tank with all that pea gravel and what if you were to like, put gas in it well and when and i know christians this is a christ this is a biblical concept like it sounds like it makes no sense because what god like the wisdom of the world is not this like it's you know how the scripture says that that the righteousness of God is this foolishness in the world yeah. and the wisdom of the world um, is is just not God's wisdom so when you think like no way would that ever work you know what I mean like no mm-hmm. way would it ever change anything and you think no but but it does yeah you know Joyful like and you think gratitude. Romans is it Romans one. Where the whole trail goes wrong. The, the what the two the big key things. It's one, right? Not two. The Romans key, one, yeah. The key things in there is that they neither glorified God, God as God nor gave, gave thanks. thanks. <laughs> and you think like those when you have a problem, those are the key things. But glorify God as God and give thanks. But that is and the so, beginning of the trail that ends in homosexuality in Romans one. Well, more than. Yeah, it ends in the whole societal Everything. disrepair. But, but this is but the thing that the thing that I want to say about it is that when you have a trial, like a really difficult birth experience or the doctor that was rude or the hospital that gave you a C section when you didn't want it, whatever you have, take a little minute and say, I'm going to glorify God as God in this situation and I'm going to give thanks. Like, those are the things you do. And you think, because what is your other option? To act like this was the hospital that overrode all of God's intentions in your life ever. (laughs) And it changed everything. And it had nothing to do with God. You know, like, it was out of his control. Instead of thinking, for whatever reason, God gave me this difficult situation for his glory and for my good. Do you know what I mean? You say, and I will glorify him. For having done that. And this is one of those... And I am glorifying God as God of the difficult situations in my life. And then I'm going to find ways to give things. And I'm going to give things. getting angry. Right. And the two things that we would say is blame whoever did things. I mean, in the flesh, what you would want to do is make a big laundry list of all the people who deserve your wrath. And then second after that, accuse them. 
and then get many people on your side. And then try to get more people outraged. And it's like, well, what is that going to do other than tangle up a whole bunch of hearts in preoccupation with not doing what they ought to be doing? But I also think one of Dad's sort of lines that everybody quotes all the time, because it's just so good, is God draws straight with crooked lines. And, right. and the thing is, we want to focus on the crooked line. Like, we want to focus Straighten there. Straighten that out, but yeah. you have to trust God that whatever trial he brought, and it could be a genuine trial with genuine sins against you, mm-hmm. but God is making you straight with that crooked yes. line. And you have to trust him. And it's that his, his purposes. Yeah. That he, this is the, this is what he had for you today. Oh, this yeah. is what he had for I you this something. year. I noticed something. Um. Uh, I noticed something today in the morning reading. Um, Philippians? Uh, sorry, texting my children. <laughs> are they still hungry? Yeah, of course they are. Um, so I was, no, it was Philippians, and then what was the second one? Um, I'm bonus just doing reading? Philippians. I'm not doing the bonus reading because I'm not that godly. Um, <laughs> doing the baseline. You slacker! Let's baseline. see. I am still catching up on some. There was a whole section earlier on that I failed to... I have to make up some from I, last week. I failed to execute um, very much on the on the bonus reading it for one stretch. So mm. uh, I don't know that I can find it. Not in my not in my um, real Bible. It's hard to go find things on the but it was a thing about being, um, it was a thing about being a, oh, oh, uh, I'm close. I'm close here. Hold that thought, guys. I keep saying, I think it's it is, coming. I think it is in, uh. Something will emerge. Uh, yeah, so there was a bunch in, in Titus about good works. Okay. You know, like, talking about good works. Yeah. Um. And like saying, being ready to do all of the good works, you know, like where it keeps telling us to be. And, and I was thinking about in, in, um, is it in Timothy that I was, Oh, I like how distracted I'm being trying to find this verse and trying to get out my thought. It was the one, it was the one in, um, that I use about what is the, what is all scripture is profitable for teaching and and doing all this, that, that we may be thoroughly, the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yes. And, and that that's what the word of God is set out to do to thoroughly equip us, uh, for every good work. And then there is the, in the reading today, there was a thing talking about, it's talking a lot more about good works and, um, it was just, well, I don't think I can find the exact verse I was talking about, but Titus talks a lot about the good works, like being people, like purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Like they mm-hmm. would be zealous for the word of God and doing all of these things. But the one, there was one that was a negative. It was the opposite, like being not equipped to do good works. Okay. And I thought it was really interesting because it is, it is like not being zealous for the word of God. Right. Like not being hungry for the word of God right. makes you unequipped for good works. Yeah. Like you don't have, I don't know, that wasn't very helpful because I couldn't actually find the verse <laughs> I was talking about. But I tell you guys, there was an interesting thing about this. But because about Titus talked so much, well, because Titus kept keeps referencing the good works, like don't, like keep doing the good works that right. things may be, um, 
anyways, it was I thought that it was interesting, but I'll have to find. I'll have to get yeah. my real paperback Bible, right? To point this out, to find it again. Yeah, because it was. It it seemed very pointed to me today. But speaking of Bible reading, we should talk about the fact that we're rounding the bend towards the next uh, Bible reading challenge. So if you okay. haven't jumped in yet. We're wrapping up the New Testament, and September 11th will be the first day of reading again for the whole Bible plan. Through It's basically through the academic year from September to May, May. reading the whole Bible together. It's been really fun so far, but gear up, warm up to like be ready to jump in. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. I've enjoyed the summer reading, actually, the, the sort of, I don't know, maybe it's because I have more time in my life. Um, oh, I felt like it was harder for me in some ways. But, oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Well, I Different don't know. phases with Different, our children. Yeah. yeah, we are. And I have to be, you know, up at school, first period, every day. You know, so it's just sort of... That adds a nuance to the morning routine. Yeah. But, um, I'm trying to get back know. into my... So do you have a good tip? You have something Oh, helpful, I did have one. Helpful to contribute uh, for everyone? You still trying um, to find the verse? Nope, I'm not. I'm sending a gift to my children. Uh, you um, had that distracted, I did, far away look. I did have a tip that I was totally going to save up to tell you all. and then You told me that there was something you were going to tell me, but you were going to wait and do it on the podcast because... I did? Yeah. You were like... Well, I think that got lost. Really? In transit. <gasps> oh, I know what it is. <laughs> I can't tell you. Now we don't have time for you to adequately make fun of me. <laughs> I'll come, come around. Come on, look. We've got loads of time. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've zinged right on off the trail in a way that will delight you epically. Okay. I'm and ready. I am gearing up to try to make a mosaic. What? Yes, I knew it. I knew it. I knew you would love this piece of news. I just thought. This is after... I don't know what's it been twenty seven years you, of me mocking mosaics. Yeah, I well, no, that's mosaics. actually not true. I helped you with that woman one. I when what I was happened in, to that? Do I you don't still know. have it? I have no idea. In high school, I decided I wanted to make a mosaic, or maybe it was college, and so I, I went off to the flooring store and I asked for some remnants of tile, and I got a bunch, and then I went home and smashed them up and made a mosaic, and. Rachel apparently helped me. It was a lady's face with sort of billowy hair. Yeah, and I don't recall that ever having had a destination. No, I, it was just, I was trying to talk dad into letting me put a mosaic in the new house they were building. And he said, make me a coffee table size one first and then I'll see. And he was so, like, exactly what I wanted. Yeah. was so, a woman with billowing hair mosaic. So I tromped right on off and got the tiles and came I back and did it. I noticed that you never did do a mosaic in the Not new house. In the, but I did in my own house, guys. I made a... A mosaic that was the entire floor of my kitchen in a house that we remodeled and that time I did not smash them up I actually cut them so I bought like 12 inch um, cheap tiles from Home Depot and I cut each one into 300 and some pieces it was like I burned through two yeah. tile cutters and I think I almost one mother-in-law because every time she came to town I'd be like hello would you like to cut some tiles with me and it like, took, I'm so glad you're here it took like a straight year to get the thing done and it was because I, I did say at the time it was a pregnant year so it shouldn't have counted because 
the whole first part. When should it have not counted? The whole first should part, it not I was counted when you thought I to do it. I was too sick to stand up, and the end, I was too big to bend over. So yeah, that was rude. It either was rude way, timing. But in the end, I had an entire room-sized mosaic, and to be honest, I there was too much grout. I should have made it much tighter. But anyway, Rachel had words about my year-long mosaic. Well, I don't remember. I thought it was cool, so I don't remember. I just assumed that I we all would have thought out of the two of us, the only one yeah. to mosaic yeah. would be Becca. Even yeah. though I helped and admired them. I never so, minded them. what mosaic are you doing? Well... I my plan is a is a mosaic that would hang on the wall, not a, embedded in the floor. It's gonna hang on the wall. Yeah. That's gonna weigh uh-huh. just a straight ton. Mm-hmm. How big is it gonna be? Mm, it will be biggish. You're gonna need like chains from beams to hold that thing up. So well, tell it's me, not gonna um, be huge. I don't mean that. What it's is it just, gonna be up? Uh, flowers i have a plan it's gonna be like a giant needle point except it's gonna be tile sort of except Uh, for except for i i just ran into uh one that i was like oh i suddenly see the vision are you gonna make your own tiles yeah because i'm gonna use some broken dishes my plan is oh, like you're not tile even doing and tile. dishes. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, dimensional magic on the wall. Interesting. Well, I got a little. I, I got like a the little... idea of making your own tiles because you could glaze them into whatever color you no, actually want. No, I'm not going to make my own tiles in the in the tile. Oh. No. Well, what good is it then? Yes, it's not even count anymore. It's not even no, local. Clay. I am well aware that I am not qualified to do this endeavor, and yet when I saw it, <laughs> I was like, "Hang on, I love that, and I love it because it has a." I'm assuming all of you who like to design or decorate places have experienced in some way or another this moment, where some kind of decor is needed in a place. Mm-hmm. But you feel like you've done it all. Yeah. Like, because yeah. there are only so many things to hang on a wall. Yeah. That look good on a wall. All the t- Like, and I think that this is where sometimes things go on a big hot trend. And the reason that they go on a hot trend is because of this problem. Yeah. So whether or not you like them, the reason that large tin stars became a thing is because they are a different texture and dynamic than like a framed picture or a family picture and the same thing with the vinyl words wall cling things is because it is a different thing and you need you it's like what are you going to have like a a floral like a I guess the things you can hang on walls are kind of limited there's like the dried flower situation of like a wreath or some you know something and then a framed picture a mirror you know, like, but then you're just into, like, a field of decorative things that are kind this of... This is why I honestly, I'm having kind of a real wallpaper, like, my entryway in my coat room. Yeah. It's, I'm liking it because it, it solves a question of, like, it gets rid of a blank feeling without... Without, uh, without causing you honestly, to need to hang a lot of... Honestly, without too busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it... Yeah, anyway. Well, I'm saying that there... In decorating, there is that moment where you're like, what we need is a different element yeah. that is a different texture, whatever. Yeah. So when I saw this mosaic, I was like, well, that rocks a very So you're going to copy look. one you've seen? No, I'm just copying the idea. The idea. But I like, I was thinking I could see it being fun in a kitchen or in a bathroom. 
because mm. tile is already yeah. a thing yeah, that should is. be in a kitchen or a bathroom. Yeah. So this is my plan. I like it. And I just knew that I had to confess it to you because yeah. you would be like, you're doing what nonsense? What no, nonsense? I like this because... Moses is back. Oh. Go, you entertain back. the podcast. Oh, I'll entertain everyone. That's not a hard thing to do by yourself. Uh, I think two nectarines is enough. I'll be back in a second. Yeah, all right. So, we need to wrap it up with a tip. Well, my tip would be do a... Do a Try your hand at a mosaic. Get involved in a mosaic when you know you don't have talent mm. for it. That's what I'm doing. I, I didn't buy, though, the little mosaic tiles because... I felt like they were so regular and perfect. I didn't want it to look like I'd colored a picture on graph paper, you know? And so that's why I ended up cutting on my own is there's a little bit of irregularity and there's, you know, the triangle yeah. pieces you can fit in there and stuff. Right. I thought it made it have a more handmade look. If you're getting a... I don't think I could help but make it handmade. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean about those little bags of yeah, yeah. all perfect No, you're, then you're just... What are you doing there? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I agree. Well, we'll find out later if what I do is worth being seen. We'll have to revisit this question. Yeah, we should. I have a frame, and I'm going to try to do it in a frame. Oh, cool. I like it. I like this plan. It's going to be odd. So how big is the frame? Uh, It's not huge. It's just not tiny either. It's like probably this big. It's big. I mean, it's medium-ish. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Two by three. Give us a tip. I don't have you do it. You Me tip us it. off first. Well, I did, for the dinner party last week, I did a um, beef tenderloin. And I used an Ina Garten oven roasted recipe for the tenderloin. And uh-huh. it was actually really good. Where you uh. roast it low on like 275 for an hour and 15 or something. till it was, I went to like medium rare. But if you do medium rare, then you actually, the ends are oh, well, well done. done yeah. And you have some rare in the middle. And so you get kind of a spread for people. But, um, it was so, like, just tender all the way through. Oh, that's good. And she was saying in the recipe that, like, often if you grill it or whatever, you get it, like, nice and charred on the outside and then medium or in the middle. If you do it low and slow in the oven, you get that, like, all the way from the outside all the way in. You get a real consistent, uh-huh. like, roast on it. And it actually turned out to be very true. Mm. And... She has you tie enormous bunches of tarragon all over the outside of it. Huh. And I was I was sort of skeptical about would that make any difference in the flavor of the meat. And oh man, it, it really did. did. You could really huh. taste it. Yeah, it was good. I recommend that recipe if you're in the mood to cook a very expensive hunk of meat. It and was why fun. should you not be? Why should you not? You should be in the mood Always to do that. Always you should. Um, yeah, so that was a fun, like I hadn't tried that recipe before. I recommend it, but then again, it's like, that's kind of an easy one. You can almost always recommend Ina Garten. She is reliable. She is. I don't she, have a tip today. I'll try to think of one for next time. Think of something exciting. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll Everyone, talk to you all later. Have fun. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm a 2009 graduate of New St. Andrews College, and I'm a commercial property manager. Three kids at Logos, one at home still, and I do flowers on the side out of our house. When you have these little people that you're responsible to shepherd, you realize 
I need to know what I'm talking about because they need to have a firm foundation and they need deep roots so that they don't get blown over and that they're ready to stand up for the truth. I am a programmer. The language aspect of NSA is a fantastic preparation for any sort of programming. I'm a real estate broker here in town. I think absolutely the perfect um, education for being in sales of, of really any kind. I actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in Central Coast, California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. To learn more, visit us online at nsa.edu.